Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, I am freaking out right now. I do not have a Halloween costume and I do not know what I'm going to be for Halloween. And we have about 10 more days left. I'm freaking out right now. Man, we were just talking about this last week. <laughs> were we? Was that yeah. what we opened with? I didn't know. We didn't open with it. But um, oh, oh it, I was saying that we should do the the Hulk and Iron Man again. And you said you want to do something different. So okay, well you have you have a couple days. Ten days. That's not enough time. I just <laughs> I don't know. Three more days and Amazon won't deliver to me anymore. It's it's kind of this is freaking out here. And, and every time I was like, I'll try to go to Goodwill. And when I go to Goodwill, I can't find anything at Goodwill. And I'm like, crap, this sucks. So I don't know. I don't know. And I don't want to repeat a costume. So I don't want to be Hulk and Iron Man again. That's just, totally. that's not fun. That was last year. I know. I'm ahead of the game this year because I actually have my stuff picked out from Amazon and I just have to click the buy button. So I'm actually Ugh. more ahead of the game than I usually am. Cause as you know, I had to be the Hulk last year cause you got me because I was totally not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. And maybe I just don't go to any parties. That's that's, that sounds like a good solution. Maybe I just, maybe I just go watch a movie. Cause that's another pet peeve of mine. I'm sorry guys. I love your children, but I will, I do not like handing out candy to children. It's just, <sighs> Oh, not <laughs> not my thing. It is that's, not my thing. That's my I kid's favorite to... thing to do. My kid loves to is hand it? out candy to other kids. <laughs> and he has ever since he was a little kid. Like he never wanted to go out trick-or-treating because he always wanted to be home and be the one giving candy. Because again, my kid is like a 40-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so your kid is your kid is me then. That's precisely. <laughs> <laughs> I told him this year we're giving out hummus and he goes, mom, please, can we not be that family? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's even worse. Don't be the family that gives out floss or toothbrushes or anything you find that's in your like inventory stock. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that guys. <laughs> well, good luck on your hunt for a costume, Nelson. Yes. Okay. Well, welcome to our show, everyone. This is episode 58 of our Seattle foodie podcast. She's Monica. I'm Nelson. Welcome to our show. Monica, before we get into anything, we had a giveaway this past week and let's announce the winner. For sure. Um, our giveaway this week was uh, Gather Ballard. And I'm really excited because we record on Sundays and Sundays they're having fried chicken dinners. So uh, Nelson, who won $50 to have dinner at or any meal at Gather? Yeah, I want to go back and get that fried chicken dinner too. I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious. Me too. We're fried chicken connoisseurs. I think, <laughs> well, Seattle, Seattle fried chicken connoisseurs, I guess. <laughs> so I really want it because we really like the food together and I really want to try that fried chicken dinner. So, Oh, definitely. Me too. But it's on a Sunday, right? Maybe after football season, maybe after football season, we'll go do that. Oh my gosh. That's like nine more weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can you can wait for you can wait for two plus two and a half months. You can do that. Okay, so back to the winner. Our giveaway winner for fifty dollars to gather kitchen and bar is at me dot myself dot foodie. So me myself foodie. Congratulations, you won our giveaway. We will contact you and get you your gift card. Yay! So exciting. 
You know what we could do, Nelson? What we could do is because it's on a Sunday night, maybe we can ask if we can do our podcast recording from there and have fried chicken dinner. We can have the best of both worlds. We can do that. We've tried doing recording <laughs> remotely. It, it has not been successful. It's like a 35% success rate, Monica. So I'm a bit hesitant. <laughs> Okay, I hear that. All right, so we got some events, uh, some recaps this week. And Nelson, why don't you lead off? Yes, we do have a couple of recaps. I will lead it off with what we did on this past Monday. We were out in Fremont for dinner at Pomerol. Monica, I was there last year for Seattle Restaurant Week, but we were there to try a revamped menu. We had a lot of items, but some of the dishes we had included several salads, including the watermelon, burrata, and roasted beet salad. The confit chicken wings, which were just fall off the bone terrific. Wood grilled octopus and the wood grilled lamb chops. Finally, we finished off with some delicious bread pudding. Monica, what was your favorite? Well, you know, I'm a big dessert fan, and um, I don't think you knew that I don't actually like bread pudding. And when we ordered it, I was like, eh, okay. Um, but I have to say, I really loved it. I thought that the textures were fantastic, and it was really well balanced. Like, I didn't feel like any ingredient was overbearing. I felt like they worked really well together. And so I thought that bread mm -hmm. pudding was absolutely delicious. It, they had a mold wine syrup that mm -hmm. they reduced down to. I'm I'm going to let you know right now, my friend during Friendsgiving, I'm not going to name who my friend is, <laughs> makes mold wine, makes mold wine. I'm not a fan of mold wine, but yeah. with this sauce on this bread pudding, I do love bread pudding, unlike mm -hmm. you, because I never make bread pudding at home because I don't have that much bread sitting around my house. So every <laughs> time there's bread pudding at a restaurant, I will order that as mm -hmm. my dessert, as one of my desserts. Yeah. yeah. So it was wonderful. And those cherries in the bread pudding that oh, was yeah. amazing that was that, was, that amazing. was amazing yeah yeah what else did you like in there well i love beets and i love when restaurants use golden beets in addition to regular red beets because i think the contrast in the flavors is just very different and i think you know growing up first of all i didn't eat a lot of beets growing up but golden beets were definitely something that i didn't have access to out in the country <laughs> where i was from so um that definitely was a hit for me and the comfy chicken wings it definitely wasn't what i was expecting so y'all if you're expecting like a really hard fried chicken wing that's not what you're going to get but the flavors were really deep the meat was very moist and like nelson said they fell off the bone so it was yeah. an amazing experience but if you have an idea in your head of what chicken wings are and you're, you're stuck to it then you shouldn't try it but if you're open-minded then i'd say go ahead and give it a try pomerol you guys it's been there for a while what i really love is that they're finally they're connecting to the neighborhood so mm -hmm. they're really connecting to fremont and they have deals during the day i think when we went on monday they had a burger deal during mm -hmm. that time yeah. and they're doing happy hour i think it's great for day night but it's not just for day night anymore we saw a lot of people come in at the bar during mm -hmm. that time so um it's a great place in fremont you guys should check it out definitely okay monica what do you got for us well, last week, Pike Brewing Company celebrated its 30th year. And to celebrate, they welcomed the public to a party like it's 1989. So Nelson, you and I attended the VIP brewery party, and it was full of food, fun, and of course, brews. I was completely addicted to the ale glazed wings made by Tankard and Tun, and it's made with Monk's Uncle Brew, which is one of Pike's uh, beers. And what were some of your favorite bites? Probably the brats. <laughs> I think I had I had the brats with the macrina bun on there mm -hmm. with the grilled onions. That was probably my favorite 
I also too like the wings mm-hmm. and um Oh, the ahi poke cups. I forgot about those. <laughs> yeah, oh. for real. I kept I stuffing. I kept I popping know. those into my mouth. I think five of those were in my mouth. I didn't even know. They went down really easy. Um, I have to say, though, those ale glaze wings, that recipe has gotten better and better because I've been eating them for about a year now. And I swear they tasted so good um, and so delicious for sure. And the sausages totally agree with you. Macrina's bread is so sturdy that it really held up to all the ingredients and uh, made for the perfect bite. In terms of beer, for this special occasion, 30 years, Pike released some of their originals from 1989, so that was kind of fun. And they also released the new Reunion IPA. And this beer was a collaboration between past and present Pike brewers. And so super amazing to have all these people working together on one beer that represents everything that is Pike brewing. Be sure to stop by Tankard and Ton or the Pike Pub to pick up a 30 years for 30 beers punch card. If you fill it up before the end of the year, you'll get a special limited edition sweatshirt. So Nelson, free stuff. We can't miss out. We can't miss out on the free stuff, right? <laughs> no, we can't. We never miss out on the free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a retro varsity inspired sweatshirt. So, you know, it's super cool looking just like it's 1989. Monica, I had a lemon wheat beer that was really good. What did yeah. you like out of those beers? I think I we drank like three of them. I drank, well, I personally drank three <laughs> I of them. <laughs> I don't know what you drank. <laughs> I did not drink three. I was still hurting from a few days earlier where I probably drank a little bit more than I should. But I also enjoyed the lemon wheat. Um, I think that that third story series is a really nice series. And I, I, I don't know, it was just so tasty. And it was one of those beers where it kind of evolved and changed. Like each sip got more and more complex. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. And let's not yeah. forget the photo booth, Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that photo booth was uh, quite pretty- fun. I hate photo booths, guys. I really mm-hmm. hate photo booths. Yeah. <laughs> Sarcasm detector here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it was Nelson took so many pictures, it recognized his face and decided to stop sending him the photos. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even. Those are. I'm so upset. They, they didn't send me the ones with just the individual me. Just, they sent the ones with you, Bam Bam Lamb Chops, and I, and mm-hmm. you and I, but. I didn't get the ones with the singles. Oh, so upset. But no, there's okay. this guy Nelson do, right? again. There's this guy Nelson again. He, he can't. <laughs> he had all these pictures. <laughs> Anyhow, guys, uh, it's pretty exciting to have a local craft brewery celebrate 30 years. So I head down, visit them, buy their brews in the store, and definitely get your punch card. Okay, Monica, I got one last recap to finish off our week. On mm-hmm. Wednesday, we were up in Capitol Hill slash Broadway area checking out Anejo Restaurant and Tequila Bar. So mm. what is it? My posse is on Broadway. I don't know. That was just in my head. <laughs> <I think. laughs> okay. Posse's on Broadway. All right, Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel bad. Another another reference a millennial will not get. So, but anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on. Anejo just celebrated their one year anniversary. We love several dishes, including the white queso dip. Oh my gosh, Monica! Well, I personally ate so many chips and the white queso. I had to go back to the gym for a second workout. That's how bad it was. I absolutely love that queso dip too, Nelson. I could not stop eating it. And those chips were so delicious. And I was so worried that I was going to get too full, but I just couldn't make myself stop. And at least you went to the gym. I didn't. I just kept eating. 
Yeah. In addition to that, we also had the fried taquitos. We had several tacos to start as well. And then for our main dishes, we got the carne asada and the, I'm going to butcher this, the chuleta al pastor. Did I say that right? Monica, what did you like? Oh, that was pretty good, Nelson. Um, I enjoyed both of those as well. Uh, for the carne asada, the steak was really tender and well-flavored, which is exactly what you want, right, in one of those dishes. Um, the chaluta el pastor, um, I thought that the pork chops, because they were sliced really thin, I thought they would be dry, but they were nice and juicy inside and also really deep flavor. And grilled pineapple, I know I'm from Hawaii, guys, but I don't really dig on pineapple or, like, cooked pineapple but again, the flavors went really well together. And so really glad that we got to try both of those dishes as well. Oh, I love the grilled pineapple. Are you, you don't like grilled pineapple on tacos? I, I love the grilled pineapple on tacos, especially when I'm in California. They do it all the time with the Al Pastor. Um, that's the only time I'll eat it, um, except um, the other exception is a dessert, which is pineapple upside down cake. But other than that, I don't eat grilled pineapple. You guys got to check out Anejo Restaurant and Tequila Bar. We didn't do any tequila because it was a school night, but we should <laughs> we'll come back for some tequila and some other alcoholic beverages. It sounds fun. You guys got to check it out. It's on Broadway on Capitol Hill. Anejo's Restaurant. <laughs> yes, we uh, we never drink too much on school nights. Sarcasm detector. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, I think that's it for our recap. So I'll get us started about talking uh, about some new events this week. Let's do it. All right. So the first one is um, one that people should recognize from over the years. On Friday, October 25th, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., Alexandra's Macarons will be hosting a spooktacular open house at their new bake shop located at 4900 9th Avenue Northwest. Now, guys, if you've been to farmer's markets, you'll recognize Alexandra's from the pink VW bus selling macarons on the street. They have a home now, and they're inviting you to come dressed in costume to trick and treat with them. You'll find Halloween-themed macarons, John Boy caramels, and caramel apples, warm drinks, and a costume contest. Nelson, you, you see, you got to get that costume together, because if you did, you'd be ready to trick and treat this year. <laughs> <sighs> See, I told you I have to get a Halloween costume. There's all these different events and I have to wear a costume for it. I don't know. Okay. All right. I'm motivated now. But that's so awesome. I didn't even know that they have a brick and mortar now. Mm -hmm. I've always seen their pink Volkswagen bus. And um, that's so cool that they have a solid place now that they can sell their macarons. I know for sure. And if you've been to Pop Brewing, it's kind of right over there. So, I mean, I haven't been to the storefront, but I, I know the location. All right, Monica, let's head back to the east side. Mm -hmm. But before I ask, are you a zombie fan, Monica? Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead? I don't know. Any other zombie movies? Do you? Okay. I mean, Walking Dead is on its 10th year, but honestly, I've been watching zombie movies since I was a kid. And so old school ones too. I'm all about zombies. Okay. I've I've read a couple Walking Dead comics and graphic novels, but that's that's as far as I go. I'm not a big zombie person. But mm. out on the east side on Friday, though, guys, is the Kirkland Zombie Wine Walk. So starting at the Heathman Hotel, you can go on a spooky night of a of a dead wine crawl with <laughs> 19 wineries participating. You'll have plenty of wine to sip, and at the end, head back with your costume. Another costume, Monica to the Heathman Hotel for a costume contest at 9 p.m. Tickets are $25 or $30 at the door, and you can purchase them at TicketTomato.com. 
Monica, 19 wineries. There's going to be a lot of 19 wineries. That's amazing. (laughs) And oh, that that's just amazing. That's unbelievable, Nelson. So again, another reason for you to get it together with your costume. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going on Amazon (laughs) right now as we speak. I'm looking at my iPad. Okay, guys. (laughs) All right, Monica, another event for us. Tell us about it. This one's really interesting and I'm really fascinated by it. So again, on Friday, October 25th from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., C.C. Filson's store is hosting a butchery demo at their store in Ballard with Rain Shadow Meats. And that's going to be at 5101 Ballard Avenue Northwest. And what I hear is Russ from Rain Shadow Meats will walk through the butchery of a hazelnut finished hog from Tail and Trottles Pork in Efferata, Washington. He'll talk about Rain Shadow's philosophy on whole animal butchery and share his expertise. So Nelson, I know you must be a fan of Rain Shadow Meats, right? Oh, huge fan. Have you ever, I purchased a turkey once from Rain Shadow. (laughs) Yeah, Monica, every time I'm up in that Melrose Market area, I always have to stop by Rain Shadows to see what they have. Maybe it's like to purchase Mm -hmm. a couple sausages, some links or whatever meats they have. It's really high quality. So I love purchasing stuff from them. I know their meat is so good. So guys, in addition to learning about butchering, you'll also get free beer and whiskey that night. And the event is free, but you need to RSVP on the CC Philson website. So be sure to check it out. Perfect. Okay, Monica, I got one last event for me. This one is to kick off Seattle Restaurant Week. Monica, I can't believe the fall slash winter Seattle Restaurant Week is upon us. It starts Sunday, October 27th. That is crazy. It is. I feel like I'm totally not prepared for it because I've been eating so much and I don't feel like I can <laughs> like keep going at this pace. <laughs> I oh my goodness. I haven't even started the research on where to where mm-hmm. we can go eat. Well, anyway, guys, Seattle Restaurant Week, like I said, is upon us, but they have teamed up with Fair Start and Dairy Farmers of Washington for a kickoff sneak preview event at Maslow's by Fair Start in South Lake Union on Wednesday. You can sample bite-sized dishes from five chefs with local dairy farmers. And there's also going to be alcoholic and non-alcoholic drink pairings too as well. You can purchase early entrance or general admission tickets on strangertickets.com if you guys Mm -hmm. want to attend that event. It's on Wednesday at Fair Start Maslow and it's for a great cause. That sounds like a lot of fun. You know, I've never been to Maslow. Oh, really? Oh, we should go. They are going to be in the Seattle Restaurant Week. Maybe we'll do like a lunch or something like that. Because the last time I went was during a lunch. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And like I mentioned, guys, don't forget Seattle Restaurant Week starts this Sunday, October 27th, and goes all the way through November 7th. So go to srw.seattletimes.com to check out which restaurants are participating and to view their menus. Also a PSA, if you guys have never done Seattle Restaurant Week before, it is only Sunday through Thursday. So Friday Mm -hmm. and Saturday are not eligible for Seattle Restaurant Week. And also you'll want to make reservations too. Yes. And also if the restaurant you're going to has a special Sunday brunch, that is not included. So you can't count on that either. Yes. Okay. Monica, last event. Close it off for us. Oh my God. This one sounds like so much fun. So on Saturday, November 26th from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., Molly Moon's homemade ice cream is popping up at the Theo flagship store located at 3400 Finney Avenue North for a Halloween treat. So guys, they're going to be scooping up free, I said free, Black Cat Sundays <laughs> while supplies last. This spooky Sunday features Molly Moon's chocolate caramel pretzel ice cream, 
Theo 70% dark chocolate sauce and organic pretzel cat ears to top it off. Nelson, does that sound Instagrammable or what? <laughs> yes. All the chocolate, oh all the goodness. dark chocolate, right? <laughs> I know. It looks like a little cat. And if you guys come in costume, you can save 10% off your in-store Theo purchase. And pro tip, just do yourself a favor. Buy yourself some Big Daddies. You won't be sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll also find a bunch of Halloween-themed treats in the store, like pumpkin-shaped chocolate-covered marshmallows and their once-a-year full moon white chocolate bar. So Nelson, you know, Theo doesn't generally make white chocolate, right? I did not know that. I, th I thought they just made white chocolate in general. No, um, I, I don't think they make white chocolate because technically white chocolate isn't white chocolate. It's not chocolate. But huh. anyway, they have a full moon white chocolate bar. So it's a special occasion. Monica, full confession. I sometimes prefer white chocolate over regular chocolate. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Like, you? I love white chocolate Kit Kats. I love white chocolate Kit Kats. Like, I remember when they first released them, um, I think they were orange for Halloween. And I'm just like, why do I love these so much? I'm just like, it's white chocolate. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like white chocolate too. When I was a kid, because I had no idea what dark chocolate was, and they would always, Hershey's would always give you, like, they would give you the Mr. Good Bar, the Crackle, mm -hmm. and then the dark chocolate and then they would include sometimes they would i think they included white chocolate and i was like man i do not i do not like the taste of this dark chocolate it tastes like bark why do people like this stuff? <laughs> so I'm like, you know what i'm gonna do I, i'm gonna eat the white chocolate it's like oh my god this white chocolate's amazing it's amazing it's so totally I've, ever amazing. since i was a kid i'm i'm always been a white chocolate fan <laughs> yeah it's delicious for sure i hear you on that but i just like all kinds of chocolate so you know <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, Monica, those are some Halloween themed events that we got coming up. It's Halloween's getting closer. We're, we're closer and closer. So that's kind of getting crazy. But yeah, some some fun events. And I you know, I guess I'm going to have to get a costume to get these discounts. Yes. <laughs> I know. There's so many <laughs> discounts. Um, yeah. Got to take advantage of them. All right. Well, Monica, I just edited this interview. Great interview. Tell us who our guest is for this week. Our guest this week is Frank Edgington, the man, the mystery, the OG foodie. Frank is one of the original Seattle foodie Instagrammers and an excellent photographer, whether he's shooting with a camera or his iPhone. His love of pasta, fried chicken, and all things Costco will keep you coming back for more. Here's our interview with Frank. Hey, everybody. We're here today with Mr. Frankstagram, Frank Edgington. Welcome to the show, Frank. What's up? <laughs> okay, Frank, so tell us how you got started in the Seattle food scene because you're kind of famous because you are one of the OG Ooh, Seattle foodies. OG. Uh, I love the Olive Garden, uh, and that's where <laughs> it all started for my fondness of that. No, just kidding. Uh, so actually, the, it, it started off with free time at work where I was on Yelp and Yelp Talk, mm -hmm. and I thought Yelp was a fun way to interact with people, to talk about food. I'm a very opinionated person, have a lot of opinions, and that was a great place where anybody can put any sort of opinion that they want. Well, long story short, I'm not on Yelp anymore, but I needed to find <laughs> another outlet. And instead of writing a thousand words, a picture's worth a thousand words, and Instagram was a newer platform that's out there, and so I sort of veered that direction for Instagram, and here I am today with that. Okay. A lot of people don't know, like, I knew you from Yelp. Ooh, um, yeah. You were infamous on Yelp. Mm -hmm. um, I'll let people dig into that one on their own, try to figure out what's going on. But from the perspective of, like, someone who loves food and was on Instagram as a newer platform, how has Instagram changed since you first started your account? 
Oh, man. Unfortunately for the worst. Uh, <laughs> I really love the original, I'll call it the OG IG, I guess you could say, for the OG people that I guess were on IG originally. <laughs> but it was just very simple. It was post photos, post hashtags, and then it was basically an online magazine that you would be able to follow things or people that were of most interest to you. And it was very kind of one, maybe two dimensional. Now Instagram has evolved into this platform that Facebook has to monetize. And therefore, in order to really be a thing on Instagram, you have to connect all of this Facebook information, which people are already frustrated with the current Facebook environment. So you have to have Facebook pages and there's all these algorithm changes and there's all these things that are ultimately there to benefit the financial perspective of Facebook. And therefore, all these people around with Instagram are catering mm -hmm. to the Instagram algorithm, the almighty algorithm. And so having to have comments and have likes and engage with people and follow people and unfollow people. And you can go through a bunch of different apps and see a bunch of weird stuff other people do out there. And it's annoying that it's turned into a place that used to be just nice meadows and the sound of music kind of a place mm -hmm. to this thing that's now sort of this cutthroat place that people are always trying to be the next thing or get involved in some things and and be this influencer or be this person that uh, gets paid to do things or to have certain clout for things. And so it's it's gotten a little messy in my opinion. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I consider you and a handful of others to be like the first generation of Seattle foodie Instagrammers. And I'm kind of following in this large section of like the second generation. And then there's a third generation. And yeah, we don't talk about those. <laughs> Even <laughs> in the time that I've been on, I've seen it change. I mean, I think... Even for me, gaining followers was a lot easier. And, I, you know, I, I don't really try to build my account. I think if I tried, I could actually build it better. But, I mean, I don't actively build my account. But I, I do post all the time. Have you and, built a bear? And, yes, I built a bear. And, Frank, you know, can we just say that I'd really appreciate it if you would, like, comment on my post? <laughs> I just, I don't engage on the platform hardly ever. That's the problem. It's like, I just don't, I look at it, I scroll, I look at stories, and I kind of go back to work or go back to whatever mm -hmm. I'm doing. And I think, I think a lot of people are in that boat because it's overly saturated, right? So, mm -hmm. like, there's so much from so many people. And Instagram used to be just my friends who were just Instagram people. And so it was a different thing. Now every now Instagram is the new Facebook, right? So everyone kind of connects and chats and talks through that. And so it's a whole different medium. And to kind of talk about, like, the general interest in foods of Instagram, I, I would post things originally when I first started. And I tried to do these cool filters and all these cool effects and it's like, oh, yeah, that looks cool to me. Uh, but then I would see these other accounts, the, mm -hmm. the OG, OG, OGs, which is, <laughs> uh, like, I'll call out Jules Food as an OG, OG, OG account that's always just had really high-quality photos, really good content, very consistent. And so when I said, well, let me try to game this thing. It's not really gaming the thing, but it's like, how does one grow their account? And it used to be, just, it used to be very simple, whereas if you post consistent, high-quality content, good lighting on food, was key, then you would have people who were interested in following you and what you ate and what you did because, again, a picture is worth a thousand words and people want to see mm -hmm. good quality pictures versus bad. Now with the evolution of phone quality, camera quality, mm -hmm. people's access to get those things, now everybody's kind of doing it. And so it's, again, a super saturated place mm -hmm. with a lot of people trying to do it and a lot of people trying to 
become a thing, but it's just more carbon copies of the other people that are already kind of out there. So Yeah, I mean, what I've noticed is there are a lot of really great food photographers out there who are not getting followers, and I think they're doing, like, amazing work. I mean, the quality of their photos is amazing, but again, because they're not sort of doing the things or that cookie cutter, they're not getting anywhere. And so I, there's a couple accounts that I follow that. Some really people like. might be cutting cookies on their Instagram because they, they have might. a bakery-focused baking Instagram. And that's kind of the direction I'm going in, like diversifying my portfolio. Okay, so if you had to offer advice to someone who is just starting a new food account, because new accounts start every single day, like what would you... What was the one piece of advice you would offer? Yeah, don't do it. Just go do, <laughs> go do something else in go your do free time. Else. Yeah, go, you know, go get educated on artificial intelligence. Go mm -hmm. go work for Instagram to be the person behind the algorithm, right? Mm -hmm. Because the thing with platforms and the thing with social media platforms, you're at the mercy of whatever that corporate that company's direction is. Right, so Instagram, you probably have heard, is wanting to go the route of let's remove likes, let's take out the visibility mm -hmm. of likes. And like, what would happen if Instagram took away likes? I'm pro remove the likes because I think that's great because like is like this, this self-voting thing and you have to like either vote for other people, stay engaged, or you have to feel good about yourself and receive those votes. And the algorithm doesn't surface your stuff unless you're engaged and you're liking and doing all of that stuff. And so it's artificial likes. But if you look at it from Instagram's perspective, they want you to engage because they're going to sell your engagement to companies and advertisers. And that's the whole point of being able to surface things is being able to surface the exposure of that. So if you get to the business aspect of what all of that's trying to do, you're just being manipulated for the benefit and the financial gain of Facebook. So go work at Facebook, go buy some Facebook stock, right, or not, or sell it, because who knows where Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp are all going to go in the future. But you're at the mercy of whatever they want to do, and that could be a frustrating place to live. Okay, everybody, Frank's advice is don't do it, and go work for Facebook or Instagram, so if you got that. They got great, they got good benefits, they give you health insurance. <laughs> three they meals a day. Three meals a day, mm -hmm. meals on site, a bus yeah. to take you around, you know. They also have a lot of social groups. So you can have automatic friends. That's if you like, yeah, if you like if people. You like friends, if you like people. So I think when people know that I'm with you, like out with you or see stories, um, I get a lot of questions because a lot of people don't see you anymore or have never met you. And so you're sort of like this mysterious, mysterious. like OG person. I think, you know, you're one of the most experienced. Uh, mysterious of all of them really yeah and oh. so uh um, so mysterious yeah it's mysterious so, so, for me so if people wanted to find you like i know where to find you if yeah. i wanted to find also one huang bin <laughs> jolly b mcdonald's mm -hmm. burger king maybe a jack-in-the-box drive-thru here yeah. and there uh maybe an ethan Stowell mm -hmm. restaurant tavolata mm -hmm. you know joey yeah joey's yeah. down at uh U Village. Costco Pizza and then Costco Car Wash. Oh, Costco. Yeah. No, Costco Gas, Costco Car Wash, Costco Pizza. Yeah. And then some things that I don't need at Costco. Yeah. So everybody, if you want a Mr. Frankstagram yeah. sighting, just any of those areas. And he's, and he's dead serious. Like, he loves these places. Okay. So, um, so what do you have in store for the next year? I mean, I see that you've been... Um, so a lot of people might not know that you have another account in addition to your food account mm -hmm. um, and that you're a great photographer and that oh. you travel a lot. Thank you. And, and so what do you have planned? Because I see your stories have changed a little bit. Uh, your feed is still kind of the same, but your stories are changing a little bit. So what are you doing with your Instagram? Yeah, so uh, that's a personal battle that I don't like feeling because I feel like there's a stress associated to it. And then I ask myself, why am I stressing about 
what do I need to post or what do I need to share? But in general, the biggest battle that I have between my other Instagram, which is a little plug here, which is frankly Alfresco? outdoors. No, I outdoors? changed it. People didn't know what Alfresco was, so then I had to change it. <laughs> I gotta, that's another advice. You got to feed the machine. So don't do what you want. Do what everybody else wants you to do. So frankly underscore out, outdoors, is that it? I think so. Anyways, you can find it off my Mr. Frankstagram profile and click the link and that'll take you there. That's all my travel stuff. That's the photos I really enjoy because you're out and about, you're doing long exposure on water features, that's fun to do. I want to get into night photography and galaxy photography and that takes being at the right time, at the right place, at the right moon schedule, with the right equipment to actually do it. So that's like a personal challenge and that's really what Instagram started for me originally. It's like what's my personal challenge to create an account that people are interested in. Since that's kind of saturated my account's stagnant growth in general, you know, the outdoor one is it's just more personal interest. And then I thought about merging the two Instagram accounts together because then I could be a food influencer and travel blogger and photographer and brand strategy manager. You know, I can just self-title myself whatever I feel like and then be all of those things on one Instagram. And it's actually easier for me to manage. But the reason I have two is because I say people like food. The people that like food may not like travel. But who doesn't love food and travel? So maybe I just merged the two. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I told you that three months ago. Yeah, you did. Okay. But I'm lazy. As, as long as we're keeping track of I'm who's lazy. right and who's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stephanie Four said I shouldn't. So now Monica said do it. Stephanie said don't do it. So now I'm conflicted. Now you're conflicted. Okay. Well, I don't know what to tell you about how to make your decisions. Okay. So let's talk about food. Ooh. Favorite topic. So I can pretty much guess a lot of your favorite places. And let me just say, like, your ability to make just regular food look good is amazing. I think Nelson said before, like, he never, ever wants to post a picture of, like, a slice of Costco pizza because he's always thinking of yours. Um, I don't know how you make a Costco pizza look so good, but you do. what you do. Let me take you through the steps. You go to the (laughs) self-checkout thing so you don't have to talk to anybody. You press the buttons. You scan your little Costco card thing, Visa. It spits out a blue ticket, and then you wait for your Costco pizza. You take that pizza. You walk about 45 paces out the door. You go outside. You get your camera out. You take a picture of it. There you go. That's how you do it. It's magic. Um, I'm surprised Costco doesn't have you on staff. Like, you know more about Costco than probably Costco workers. No, no, I don't think so. Maybe, but... Okay. No, the, the, the same, the crew at the Costco is like always the crew at the Costco. You know, it's, it's been members since 2012. Mm-hmm. Like, they know what's going on. I don't. Okay. I just want to sit on the furniture, eat the food samples, free samples, buy stuff I don't need, and get some food. You have enough vests. Yeah, from, I could, you, you know. You don't need any invested. more vests. <laughs> You're vested. Invested in vests. Okay, so thinking about pizza, what's your favorite pizza? Where's your favorite pizza? Costco slice is a solid slice, but mm-hmm. big fan of Rocco's in Belltown. Pagliacci's reliable, like... Is it Pagliacci or Pagliacci? I don't know. It's Pagliacci. I don't know, but they got an app. Okay. You can get Pogs, earn you can Pog get, points. Yes. Uh, earn for free that. slices. You can earn for a free pizza. And they, they getting the pizza, getting a the pepperoni pizza, extra sauce, well done at Pagliacci during a non-busy time to ensure that they cook it well done sure. correctly. It was an incredible pie. Mm-hmm. Favorite pasta? Maybe a little bright. Uh, I got to go Tavolata's Happy Hour for Tavolata. the rigatoni sausage and the Belltown or Capitol Hill? Belltown OG. Okay. Right? So okay. My old fair, hood. fair, fair. Um, what about your favorite fried chicken? Jollibee all day. Got the gravy, <laughs> got the MSG. You can order it hot. You can order it extra hot. You can get yourself a side of Skeddy 
Always get the side of Skeddy. If you're afraid of the Skeddy, get the Skeddy. If you don't like the Skeddy, we can't be friends. Okay. You don't. I don't know why we're friends then. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. We're not um, because you don't like the Skeddy. So. I do like the Skeddy. We're going there after this. Um, <laughs> so, favorite burger? Eight ounce burger. Eight ounce burger. You can make a you can make a Red Mill burger at home. Nothing special about it. Sorry, Red Mill, but you can't make an eight ounce burger at home because they have all of the ingredients stocked in their fridge that you're not going to go out and buy just to make one burger. Mm -hmm. And all you want is one burger. And then they have great garlic fries. They have great shakes. They have great shishito peppers. So eight ounce. I don't know. Shishito peppers are kind of being done everywhere, don't you think? Like everybody has them on the menu. Yeah, but why not have a burger and shishito peppers? That's true. It's just I, bonus. I like that After answer. the burger, it's all bonus. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Are there any other places you can think, like some of your favorite <clears throat> meals in Seattle, and you can name like up to two? Uh, Recalto in West Seattle. Really? It's my current hood, and it's Brian Clevenger, who used to work under yeah. Ethan Stowell, so you know you're going to get a good pasta. One of the best uh, tartars, steak tartars I've had is there, plus all of their pastas are really good, mm -hmm. and he's got a new other restaurant called Haymaker in mm -hmm. West Seattle as well. And I like Ethan Stowell restaurants. Those are reliable. I don't try too much new stuff out there. So, I mean, and, and Seattle has great Vietnamese food. So go to bun, go to Pho So One for Bun Bo Way. Go to Quang Bin for uh, Bun Ru, which is uh, shrimp and tomato. <laughs> All right, everybody. Magic. You heard it here from Mr. Frank's Instagram. Where to eat, what to do. Um, Frank, are, How to you, live. are you just on Instagram or are you on other platforms? I got my website, franklyseattle.com. Mm -hmm. I haven't posted anything for a long time because it's a lot of work building content. Yes. I'm busy with my day job, so I'm not out there. But you're on Twitter, aren't you? Uh, I do I do tweet, mm -hmm. and it's, yeah, find me on Twitter. See what, I, <laughs> see what I tweet. See what Frank tweets. And see what I don't. All right. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Cool. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Have a good day. God bless. And that's our interview with Mr. Frankstagram, Frank Edgington. So if you're looking for him on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, it's at Mr. Frankstagram. And Nelson, it was a pretty fun interview. I mean, uh, Frank's a friend of mine, and uh, I just think that he had a really interesting perspective on things. Yeah, I think it's great. Look, he was real. A lot of times we always say, oh, Instagram's awesome. Instagram's great. But Instagram isn't that great sometimes. Actually, mm -hmm. most of the time, because there's... Yeah. Things, things always change. Algorithms change. And Frank actually gave a really good outlook on the state of Instagram these days. And I mm -hmm. think that's, that was really refreshing, but yeah, he also, yeah. don't forget. He also has another site. It's frankly mm -hmm. outdoors. Did I get that right? Frank, Monica? Yep. Frankly outdoors, frankly yeah. underscore outdoors on Instagram. I actually like looking at that on his account sometimes. Cause he does a lot of really good long exposure shots. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoy those. And he goes he goes to some hiking spots too. I was like, oh yeah. I was mm -hmm. like, I've been hiking there. I was like, I never even thought about doing a long exposure shot there. So yeah, I really like looking at his stuff. No, me too. In fact, I think he's got a bunch of uh, pictures up from his trip to the desert about a month ago. And guys, Frank is always traveling. So in addition to like uh, telling a lot of stories about the food that he's eating, he's also taking a lot of pictures of a lot of beautiful architecture and landscapes. And um, he's doing a great job of it. All right, Monica, that's our show for tonight. Anything to say before we leave and get some food? No, I expect to hear this week, though, that you've got yourself a Halloween costume because I never thought I would be the one to say, like, hey, I got all my stuff together. <laughs> yeah. 
to-do list uh, as if people were like sick and tired of it. Get a Halloween costume. <laughs> uh, apparently research restaurants to go to Seattle Restaurant Week. Yes, that's a big one. And uh, three, find people to go eat at Seattle Restaurant Week. I guess we don't have to find people. I can just go by myself. I don't know. <laughs> I go by myself a lot. Let's be real. Let's just go, <laughs> let's go, just go by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't need no stinking people to eat with us. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to eat by myself. <laughs> More for me. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of events coming up this week. Yeah, we'll we'll show you everything on our stories. And uh, other than that, that's pretty much it, Monica, huh? Yep, that's it for me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our, another episode of Seattle Foodie Podcast. Thank you for downloading and happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.